And a fine, fine afternoon, morning, evening to you. Welcome back to The Perp Walk. The Perp Walk is a podcast reviewing podcasts. I'd like to welcome you to episode 16. Episode 16, I'm going to uh, cover two podcasts. They're going to be uh, the Meat Eater podcast hosted by Stephen Ranella. And then I will go ahead and tell you about Cal's Week in Review. All right, so... Um, if you don't know who Steven Ranella is, he is uh, the genius behind what is the Meat Eater brand. The Meat Eater uh, brand has, well, obviously it's about hunting, fishing, uh, the general outdoors way of life. He's a professional outdoorsman, so he's uh, one of those guys that hunts, fishes, films it, talks about it, and is able to, I think, positively spread the word um, for hunting, fishing, camping, you know, the whole nine yards. He's got a Meat Eater podcast that he puts out weekly. It's usually an hour or so long, sometimes two hours. He has four people on there with him, sometimes three people. There's generally a theme. He brings in authors. He brings in other hunters. He brings in Joe Rogan, you know, type type of folks that aren't actual um, avid outdoorsmen, but you know, have a little bit of entertainment value to them. So it's it's uh, it's it's kind of a wild card on what you're going to get on the Meat Eater podcast. But generally, it's about hunting or fishing. So uh, Netflix has a series that's hosted by Steven Ranella. It's pretty good if you're, you know, if you don't mind watching, you know, a, a, a guy go uh, into the woods of Canada and take down an elk or, you know, a moose or, uh, you know, go fishing and do his, just do his outdoor thing and film it. He just kind of shows the tactics that he uses. He's um, a professional outdoorsman. He champions America's wetlands, the mountains, you know, he hunts. He goes lake and river fishing, a little ocean fishing as well for the most part. I've heard a lot of uh, his podcasts. He's got 272 episodes. It's a lot to consume. I kind of cherry pick the ones that um, seem interesting to myself. He, uh, he gets to bounce around from state to state. He's a well-funded guy. He's got a group of hunters that come with him. And he's able to you know, give them opportunities to start their own brand of uh, you know, podcasting or... Uh, a meat eater, a meat eater backed avenue of entertainment. You know, he's got himself a, he's a, he's the head of a large company to be quite honest with you. Um, the meat eater podcast kind of highlights all of the opportunities that you have to be entertained by pretty much the uh, outdoors, outdoors activities of your choice. Let's see here. Um, yeah, he's got uh, a lot of gear that he'll recommend, which is kind of fun. He nerds out on gear. I uh, I've enjoyed him. You know, he'll immerse himself with a rod or a bow or a rifle in hand, and you just hear about his uh, trip to wherever he gets to go. Um, he hits all of the seasons, turkey hunt, bow hunt for elk, rifle hunt for elk, deer hunt, whitetail deer, uh, bass fishing. He harvests oysters. He hunts tiny little deer out in Maryland. He goes in Hawaii and gets the, uh, you know, he tries to hit those, uh, I can't remember what they're called, the apex deer or the... I can't remember the name of him, but he, the guy goes everywhere, mainly just in the United States and Canada. A little bit of South America as well. Um, I enjoy it. I don't know if you guys know this about myself, but I've done a lot of fishing and hunting. As a, when I was a young man born in southern Iowa and hung out in northern Missouri um, where my grandpa lived, I was able to go quail hunting and pheasant hunting and turkey hunting mainly. My dad had a couple of bird dogs for us the whole time I was growing up uh, old enough to like from 12 until I graduated high school, you know, there was a bird dog around and I was 
lucky enough to come with him and my uncles to uh, many, many fields around Missouri and Iowa to where we'd, you know, we'd, we'd take in pheasants and elk from about October until January 1st when the season ended. Um, those were very good times, cherished memories. I, uh, I went turkey hunting with him, oh, at least 30 or 40 times, um, maybe 50 times. I, I was able to get one. <laughs> I, I had just shit luck getting my turkey over and over. Sometimes I, oh hell, I did stupid stuff like just straight up miss um, a turkey that was 15 feet away. I uh, one time hadn't ejected my shell into the chamber. I didn't check to see if it went in there. Um, and he had, my dad called in a turkey like 10 feet away. I go click and that bird heard my gun click. So I jacked the shell into the chamber and shot again. And by then he was just gone. You know, my dad watched me fail so many times, but I eventually I finally got one, man. It was the longest shot he'd ever seen a guy take. So, you know, we had our moment. Let's see here. The, uh, I guess I'll tell you a story. One time dad and I were, uh, oh, we're going to go turkey hunting, not too far away from where I lived in, uh, in Iowa. And this guy would get me up at like 4.30 in the morning, you know. We'd get our coffee and eggs and head out to the woods. And that particular time, I had gone out and gotten skunk drunk. I was probably home from college and went straight to the bar and then come in. And Dad probably checked to see if my car was out front. And he says, oh, shit, Chris is here. And I was there to turkey hunt. Well, he wakes me up, and I'd probably been asleep for three hours. And I was, you know, probably still drunk for all that, uh, to be quite honest with you. And we, I remember we went out to, um, oh, we went out to the truck. And he's like, Jesus Christ, you stink. You know, he's making fun of me for how much... I had consumed the night before at the local bear's den. So we get out into the woods, man, and we got to walk a ways. It's a new spot. And I'm walking, I'm walking, and man, it's, there's a there's a rumble in my tummy. I'm talking, uh, death is happening in my loins, dude. There was no denying the fact that I had to shit right now. It was hot lava. And um, I go, Dad, I got to shit, man. He's like, oh, well, God damn it. All right, all right. It was still dark out, you know. This is before the crack of dawn is the turkey hunting game. You put on the camouflage. Uh, you know, you, you bring like a little, uh, little hand decoy with you and you stick it out into a field and you crawl back into the, you know, the, the edge of the timber, if you will. And then hopefully you're on the edge of a pasture or a cornfield or something. And then you call the turkey in and, uh, they answer and they see the hand, they come strolling up. And then when they get close enough, you blast them. So we're on our way to that particular spot he had picked out for me. And I said, I got a shit, man. He's like, well, go ahead. God damn it. You know, I freaking rumble over to this fallen log that was you know sturdy enough to hold me and i sat down on that thing and i man i i must have been drinking budweiser dude because I, I i i tore into that freaking i mean i i took my pants down like it was an emergency and you know i just went to i just went to shit man i was pissing out of my ass for the most part <laughs> and i mean it was, a, it was a loud one you know it was like it's super quiet out there the birds aren't even chirping yet and i'm just shitting i'm blowing ass i get done I come around from the tree and I see my dad. He's just heading back to the truck. I'm like, where are you going? He's like, well, goddamn, son, the fucking hunt's over after that performance. Let's fucking go back to the truck. Jesus Christ, there ain't a goddamn turkey for 10 miles after that. Jesus, he, made, he was just mad as hell. <laughs> I fucking ruined the hunt by, well, shitting out my old morning beer. So um, that was uh, another one of those times where we could have got a turkey and I fucked it up, but... <laughs> Ask my dad about that. He'll remember it. Guarantee. Um, the, uh, the beautiful part about growing up where I, where I did was the, uh, oh, 
fishing, hunting was just kind of what we did. Small town kids, it was just part of the thing. I did, you know, we all had a gun in the trunk or behind the seat of the truck. It wasn't a big deal to, you know, just after school go fishing at a pond or hell, skip school and go fishing. It was just kind of how things were. We pond fish, crappie and bass mainly. You know, all my friends that lived out on the, on the farms had a pond and you could just, I had my, you know, when you're 17, you got so many friends, you're always a place to fish, you know, it was great. The um, crappie were always my favorite. Bluegill, you know, we'd ice fish. Dad had taught me how to ice fish. And all my uncles, it was great times. But once I got a little older, my dad started fishing tournaments. He started making a little bit of coin and moved to like central Iowa and he um, bought himself a few boats and he was uh, competitively fishing walleye. He was on the walleye trail and um, I think him and my uncle would go quite a bit. Him and one of his home or his friends would go. And they do well. My dad was a very, very competitive guy, and, and uh, he knew how to catch them damn walleye, I'll tell you that much. I, uh, I went with him and held just a couple seasons that I was with my dad as his little uh, Gilligan. We were in tournaments in Iowa, Arkansas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, North and South Dakota. Um, you know, those were just following the, uh, the spawn, you know, when they're when those walleyes are spawning, that's when they have these tournaments early spring. And uh, you can, you know, I think you get a limit of six fish. The heaviest six fish win the tournament. You know, it was 500 bucks to get in these damn things. If not more, you know, he got to fish in the... He was on the, the walleye trail pro-am to where he was... He fished... I think he entered in a tournament where they pit you with a professional guy or they sit you with the professional guy on a big-time tournament. And the guy that he was with, him, my father and him won... And, uh, hell, he was on ESPN, too, you know, holding a little check that that fellow and him had won at, at, at a tournament. So he was pretty big time in his fishing, you know, extravaganza. I was uh, not so big time. I went with him once to Canada, and we had a lot of fun fishing. Um, we uh, had a hell of a time finding him at first, and then we just kind of gave up the uh, huge lake we were on and went to this other place that was kind of like fishing a barrel. And, you know, it was one of those times where, uh, hell, I saw... I saw an eagle swoop down from a tree, go into the damn water, grab a walleye, and just fly away. And as he was descending, he made that like, Gah! I mean, it was, it was just poetic. Just good, good, good times in Canada. But uh, only got to go once. Hopefully I'll return at some point. Uh, let's see here. I've also fished, ocean fished in Tampa, and then here in North Carolina, uh, out at Riceville Beach, I've been learning how to surf fish. Uh, a new friend of mine, she likes to go to the beach and chill and I guess she doesn't uh, mind if I throw a little shrimp in the water while she's chilling and it's just kind of a wonderful thing to pass the time I'm not much of a sit and get tan person but if there's beer and a, a fishing pole man I'm, I'm down she, she she appreciates that so it's, it's good times uh, in, in North Carolina I've also been doing some trout fishing in the in the streams I learned how to fly fish when I lived in Colorado um, not to say I was good at it but I I see how much fun you can have fly fishing by the fact that the water was so clear. And I remember a time where my buddy had me, oh, he showed me where these fish were just kind of like chilling at this little like eddy. And he says, just throw your fly in that spot over there and let it float, let it float, let it float. And hopefully, you know, when those fish see it float by, they'll gather it. And I did it like twice, man. And those fish, I mean, you could see where they were. You could see where the fly was floating towards them. And then... I mean, the little dude come up out of the eddy and just snagged onto my, uh, to the fly that I was using and I was able to catch a fish and it was just like being a sniper or something, you know, um, super fun, super fun. But 
I'm not so avid of a fly fisherman. Hell, I got rid of my fly fishing pole in North Carolina because the waters are so crowded and um, the streams are so tight that um, the bushes and whatnot grow kind of like a tunnel to where you can't really, you know, fully extend your arm, especially when you're six foot fucking four. So that's the Meat Eater podcast. And the reason why I dig it is uh, obviously because of my rural upbringings, fishing and hunting background. I think you'll enjoy it if you enjoy just conservation, just talking about hunting fishing you know these guys get the best experiences because they are funded by you know all kinds of brands of uh camo and chainsaws and freaking you know rifles and ammunition and they just they just have the best life so moving forward we're going to talk about uh one of my favorites one of my weeklies is uh it's called uh it's called cows week in review you know uh it's a perfect for the the ride to work on Monday mornings, to be honest with you. It's a 30-minute podcast, and Cal is one of Stephen Rennell's friends, so he's also part of that meat-eater umbrella of awesome. They put out a lot of content, all, all, all in the name of, like, cons- conservation, hunting, <coughs> excuse me, and and um, fishing, you know. Every Sunday, the guy does a 30-minute episode of what he'd been doing that week. He, uh... He, gets, he must have more miles racked up, you know, flying around this country than any anybody I, I'm aware of. He, um, he usually tells about where he went, you know, it's fishing, hunting, spear fishing in Hawaii, you know, uh, fishing down in Mississippi, deer hunting in Iowa. You know, he'll talk about just trying to, um, you know, get a one of those little mountain goat, the white ones, a sheep, mountain sheep, a sheep thing. You know, in Colorado, there's not that many of those left, but they still have a season for them. And you know, he's, he he does a, he does it all. He gets paid to go hunting and fishing, man. It's 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 quite the deal. He's based out of Bozeman, Montana, flies all over the country every single week, and he does something uniquely hunting, fishing, or fights for you know the conservative um, passing of laws that would benefit an outdoor or public lands mindset. He's, um, he's a big proponent of public access land. He's a big proponent of not letting people um, exploit that, you know, or shorten or, or I guess take away what we already have, which isn't much, to be honest with you, for the public access land. There's enough to where you can kind of, you know, get out there and hunt, but it's usually so damn crowded. And, and, and you know, they're always trying to sell it off to make a quick dollar to frackers or, you know, Ted Turner. The... Uh, the guy's a lot more funny than Steven Ranella, old Cal. Cal's got a spot each week that tells a story about the Florida man. You know, some Florida man, like, was found headless near a freaking swamp and an alligator had eaten his head. Or, you know, Florida man does this, Florida man does that. It's usually just something that happened with an animal or an asinine behavior of some guy that was, uh, you know, fucking up out there in the Florida. If I, you know, I always thought if I... What am I going to be when I grow up? And it turns out I'm not going to be a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. And if I could do it all over again, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely chase his life, man. He's got the best life. Just hearing him talk about just the endless trips he gets to go on and all the people he gets to meet, it's very, very inspiring. He's super informative and he's always interesting. And uh, generally, he's got a he's got a pretty positive message. You know, he, he encourages people to do the right thing. Get your licenses. Don't poach. Turn in people that are assholes. You know, don't litter. He's, he's, he's a pretty, he's a very good, he's a naturalist. You can tell he's, um, you know, he's definitely not, he doesn't put up with any um, 
what we would call sloppy hunting or sloppy fishing or you know he's just very very rigid on regulations and it's kind of nice to hear a guy that is a hunter have that point of view because that's what should be done um cal's week in review he's got 107 episodes he's a big conservation proponent i encourage you to listen to him uh it's 30 minutes and uh you won't be disappointed the guy's pretty funny and now an interview with a guy named jimmy buckingham that i grew up with on to jim buck And a fine evening to you, sir. How are we doing tonight? Uh, we're living the dream, baby. Well, hey, I'd just like to welcome you to the Perp Walk. Yeah, I'm glad to be here, Ams. I, uh, I just, uh, I'm pretty sure you're aware that the Perp Walk is a podcast that reviews podcasts, and um, I was, uh, I was just glad to uh, reach out to you and and see if you would be able to, uh, oh, let us know a couple of the podcasts that you may have, oh no, maybe you've been enjoying lately. I appreciate that, buddy. I, I'm i not a super-duper podcaster, but uh, I do have a couple that I like. So I I like that you called me. Excellent. I, um, I've had nothing but bad luck with uh, trying to have uh, my friends and guests that are, uh, you know, supposed to be a, a podcast connoisseurs call in. So I'm kind of excited because you've actually told me about a couple of podcasts and we're actually going to have a, you know, a conversation about some content. So uh, tell us about what, well, we've talked about what the meat eater and then uh, Cal, what's, what's the, what's Cal's called? Old Cal's Week in Review. Old Cal's Week in Review, man. That's become one of my favorite go-tos. Um, yeah, go ahead and uh, go ahead and let the the, the big audience, as you will say. Uh, just tell them what you think about them. Uh, old, old Cal's Weekly Review is normally a, I'd say, 12 to 15 minute, just kind of week update on wildlife and laws and uh, just things to do with nat- not nature to hunting, fishing, wildlife regulations, crazy stories about Florida people because there's always something interesting coming out of florida he does have a, a florida guy segment in each podcast it's freaking hilarious yeah in the major podcast is it's a pretty long one i am a little bit behind because i haven't traveled as much during the covid last year but uh, i spent a lot of time listening to that one it's just a good one for uh i, I would say that like hams and i are friends we've been buddies since we we're little kids and I would say that I'm a redneck and Hams is more of a hippie. And and the Meteor podcast is really good about explaining the, the hunting and fishing type of stuff to the world. Uh-huh. And then including the uh, environmental side right. to, to the conservationists and public lands. And it, it's very interesting to me because I have a degree in in basically environmental science and I I lean towards the the uh, the hillbilly side but I get it all <laughs> and it's, right. that's why hams and I get along really well and uh, this is true this is true dudes. and uh, anyways I, it's a very good podcast sometimes it's very boring you get biologists talking about stuff and then a lot of times there's dudes telling nothing stories and they're out trying to go kill the biggest deer in the world or elk Mm-hmm. Just out there having a good time and they're kind of they're kind of like land. the 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 thing that they 
I think their byline is that they are trying to build a better understanding of the natural world through through a podcast, really, without with outdoor topics. They go over uh, you know, hunting, fix, hunting, fishing, nature, conservation, and like wild foods too. I get a kick out of all the the once in a while they get a guy on there that that eats just the craziest shit, and they, you know, they kind of have a little bit of a pissing contest about who's ate some of the more wild um, wilder meats, if you will. Agreed. And a lot of it is just talking about how to cook different cuts of meat that you wouldn't think about eating, which a lot of it I wouldn't want to eat. But I did buy a new smoker just in the last couple weeks. Ooh, what'd I've you been, get? It's a, a Pit Boss Pro 1000. Pretty oh. good smoker. Oh, very smoker. nice. Is it a wood pellet fed deal or? Yeah. Mm, you, got the, uh, you got the app on your phone that tells you the internal temperature and all that? No, I'm not. That now you, you're gonna do the old all right you you're doing it the freaking the you're doing it all natural no but i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not that guy i don't need <laughs> i'm not gonna need to know what my smoker's doing i'll i'll figure it out I'm, i got it we got the uh, <laughs> what do you plan on smoking first i suppose let's see here i suppose you I did probably smoke some fish no i did rib i just pork rib nice very I, nice I, 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 three batches of ribs now and yeah that's what i'm doing but uh, man that's a good a deal nice, a deer loin i would probably throw that baby on there and mm-hmm. see what happens i mean i got into smoking meat um just trial by did. fire i, I, <laughs> I got into Colorado. it Colorado. i got yeah i was in colorado and i moved God, to denver yeah. and i worked at a barbecue restaurant and they just put me in charge of the freaking uh they had a true blue like chimney smoker that just shot i mean we're talking five racks and you could put you know 190 wings in that son of a bitch and 15 fucking goddamn uh you know pork butts on it and it was my job to make sure it stayed at 200 and uh i enjoyed the hell out of that man just it was fun but um that made me want to smoke meat i had never been around that kind of thing so one of these days i'll get around to getting me a fancy traeger or something but you know first of all i gotta get in the in the freezer first you know what i'm saying yeah the, well, we um, got that in iowa bro oh yeah what what, 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 what <laughs> well i got lots of this last know. year so the tell everybody uh you're you're an avid hunter you have lots of uh ah, sort of family members that probably uh get out there and take some well i mean between you and your friends and your family around there uh i think all four seasons there's opportunity to bring in you know wild game am i wrong that's fair um I, I and honestly i'm a i'm a guy that's a very busy man i buy a lot i buy a lot of uh food but i i get a lot of of meat locally through my friends family i trade hay uh <laughs> it's it's kind of gun parts and labor for meat but that's no, cool. I, I don't hunt as much as I could. I've got a lot of kids. I, I'm How busy. many kids you got I, there, I Brady Butch? Uh, I had two out of my loins, but I <laughs> represent nine. So, <laughs> I, nine nine and, a little, and, a little, and a little French bulldog. It's the cutest thing ever, if I'm not mistaken. I have a Frenchie, Frankie. Yeah, that's dark. Frankie dog. the Frenchie. Yep. The, got, um... Go ahead. He's good. He's a good boy. I'm just saying that. 
she's been mad at me for uh, him being nice to me. She, he likes me. But she's oh, is that a bad? girl dog, so. Uh-huh. Nah, but as soon as she gets a puppy, I'm taking Frank. Yeah, Frank's gonna be the uh, Frank's gonna be the new bird dog, the new shop dog. <laughs> shop dogs are good because you got to teach them how to bring beer to you somehow or some way. He'll at least convince little kids or or whoever's there to get me beer, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the uh, second ski uh, just today over down there. He li- he's about sixty miles south of you. And um, he got one, so he gets two seasons um, with his turkey tags these days. And uh, I don't know how he actually is able to uh, I'll hear him gobble. You know, it's a big part of turkey hunting. <laughs> but um, he, he said that he heard one gobble this morning. And uh, hell, he by 8 o'clock, he was sending me a picture of his 23-pound uh, tom that he had brought in. And uh, more turkey in the freezer for that guy. Yeah, we let him get about three pounds bigger than that here in Southern Iowa, but that's not what twenty-six pound turkey. Are you shitting me? I don't know. You're lying like a dog, man. The twenty-three pounder is as big as I mean. That's whew, pretty I, hunted, I hunted with my dad for two decades, and twenty-three's up. But uh, you can tell when you grab them too. They're twenty. It's like oh, I'm gonna trouble all this back to the truck. You get a twenty-five pounder, something twenty-three pounder. It's like. Uh, I'm gonna have to take a break on the way back to the pickup. <laughs> nah, that's. I haven't. Like I said, I haven't been hunting much. I've, I've been pretty busy with kids the last year or two with extras. So then, right kind of on. raising a few extra kids, and that's good. Teaching mm-hmm. a man stuff. And that's a great stuff. thing. Yep. 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 Yeah. So you're a traveling man. If the audience doesn't know, uh, I used to work with you. Went to college with Jim. Uh, Hell, went to kindergarten, or not kindergarten, but we went to grade school together, high school together, played on the same sports teams, known this gentleman for a long, long time. And um, hell, we even went to college together for uh, for as long as it took for me to, you know, get run out of that town. But anyway, <laughs> um, the uh, the thing that was fun is we, uh, one, one spring, we were, uh, oh, we decided we didn't want to study for our finals anymore. And it was, you know how you get spring fever, guys. The... Uh, the spring fever had caught us good and we were having a hard time finding a place to fish in that and it was only a, I was like an hour drive to my grandfather's place and my grandfather uncles had, had made a hell of a pond and so I decided to take one particular time and I told him we're going to catch some crappie I'm sorry oh excellent anyway, anyway uh, I put Jimmy in my pickup, or I recall. Yeah, I don't recall either. Yeah, I know where it was. I told Jimmy, I said, "We're gonna go catch some crappie." He said, "Oh, whatever. We gotta go to my grandpa's farm." He says, "Okay, okay." So we, hell, it wasn't even a freaking weekend. We just took off on a Tuesday or a Thursday or something and went on down, pulled in, drinking some beers, told Grandpa what we were doing. Well, you know, it's getting dark soon. Come on up back to the hill when you're done. <laughs> We went down there, and I think Jimmy caught the biggest crappie of his life, if I'm not mistaken. I did. I caught it on a, on a, uh, a, a plastic worm. I was bass fishing and caught a crappie that I didn't know existed. So, <laughs> I didn't know crappie got that big. We've been raising them in that pond since I was a little kid, you know. You know, just, just, just 
ponds, throwing Christmas trees in that north end uh, every winter, you know, and just giving them all kinds of opportunity to uh, get big. And man, oh man, I mean, even the big ones tasted good, dude. But Hanny, I didn't know, I knew what a big bass was because I grew up at the best bass pond on the fucking planet. And when I went to your grandpa and caught that crappie that time, I've got some big crappie since then. Right. Never one that big. It was, it, it was huge. Huge. I think it was a 16 incher and it was a, it was that speckled, the black speckles and uh, it was a male. So we took her home and got, we cut that son of a bitch up and fried it, it if I'm not mistaken. I know this. It was from my nuts to my knee. <laughs> well, um, um, that's okay. Back in them younger days, I suppose that's saying a lot. But now I suppose that'd be about four inches, wouldn't it? We'll be shorter now. <laughs> that's exactly what The I'm fish saying. will be smaller because my nuts are longer. <laughs> Thanks. Captain Obvious at the helm here. <laughs> okay, so high crotch. Was, yeah, that was a damn good fish. Probably 18 inch crappie. I don't know. It was fucking monster. I remember, I remember it was 16. I told dad about it. He's like, yeah, there's some big ones in there. <laughs> yeah, it was huge. It was huge. I think I remember getting permission from your father, you and Pete, uh, to, to hunt turkey on your land as well. Uh, this when I was in high school by myself. I think I, I think I went out there and did some calling and didn't have any luck, but I always appreciate the fact that you guys would let me bird hunt on that land. Yeah, we never liked you, but I mean, I mean, what did I do wrong? Well, I don't understand. I don't. Never told me that before. I don't understand why I was. So no one say that. No one's ever said they don't like me. You're the first. I never said I didn't like you. I just said you might not. I want to apologize to uh, the audience and most of all, Mr. Jimmy Buckingham, old Jim Buck, and I had a hell of a time getting a, a connection that particular evening. Uh, it was not due to the ice in that drink or the contents of uh, what, what was being chilled by that particular drink. It was actually due to the fact that I live on the edge of a service area out here in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I um, have shit service, and uh, that night was really bad. Jimmy and I tried like five different times to connect and we ha we finally had to give up but what was funny um the next day that 16 minute interview that you heard was available it had processed and had been recorded so i decided to use it um thanks for uh well thanks to jimmy for giving uh giving me a chance uh, to do a podcast with the guy he's a, a super informative fella i hope you enjoyed it so um that is episode 16 uh you guys take care of one another i love you i miss you Bye-bye.